Staying Alive and Rich, we have the beautiful woman behind Australia's best tasting and socially responsible ice cream, Roz Calder Aroni. But I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today because like I was saying to you earlier, I've I noticed the brand when I when I got the e- email and I went, Yeah, I really I really I love ice cream and I have a sweet tooth like we just discovered. And um, and then I was looking at the brand going, Why do I know this brand? Why do I know this brand? And then of course that night I went home, opened up my freezer and of course my sons are totally into your brand because right. it's lower in sugar. Um, it, it has a bit of extra protein and you know, as a, an adolescent son and a teenage son that are into the, the bodybuilding, they're always scouring for something sweet that's not gonna make them fat or not going to spike their blood sugar. I'm just like, give me the ice cream. I don't care. You know, and I must admit it's my favourite one because they went through this whole phase of trying all these different low fat, plant-based, you know, low sugar, no sugar. I I can't even go there. And Elado has uh, seemed to be the winner in our household without even knowing you. So Mm. I have to share that story with you because it is an amazing product Um, and you are an amazing woman. And just having a quick chat to you prior to starting this podcasts it's ice cream making is a fascinating journey you know little little did I know how much uh work and effort but before we get into that let's talk about you a little bit because you've got you haven't always been an ice cream creator no no I haven't you've got such a diverse background and you know from lawyer to chemistry to all these things so tell us a little bit about your background and how it all kind of got it how you got into the journey of um, ice cream making and manufacturing Thank you so much. And also thank you for the amazing feedback on the product. I really appreciate that. <laughs> and I don't usually get a chance to tell the person that makes the product how amazing it is. You often buy something and go, this is really, really good. <laughs> you oh, know? no, it's so good. No, I appreciate that. Um, so my story is a bit eclectic. Mm. Um, uh, I started uni doing science and law because I absolutely loved chemistry and maths at school. And I wanted to be a lawyer because I also loved debating. And I and actually did some work experience where I went to court and I thought this is just like debating. So that was a pretty easy choice for me. Um, um, and so, but I was only one of a couple that was doing science and law at the time. It's more popular now. Mm. Um, and I was very attracted to doing um, applied chemistry. So I did some food chemistry with my law. Didn't really think much of it at the time. It was just fun and interesting. Um, but looking back now, it's all kind of led to where I am now mm. because basically then I went off and became a lawyer in private practice and then in-house in a, in a company um, and then ended up um, moving to Melbourne where I, um, because I met my husband and he's a Melbourneian. Um, and I was working at Telstra as an in-house lawyer and then um, went into management there. Um, and uh, that's when the ice cream journey sort of started. I, I was a little bit interested in it because I have an identical twin sister who was playing with recipes. We were exchanging ideas. We knew nothing about ice cream, just, you know, what recipes tell you. And uh, you know, I started to um, do a little bit more and my husband bought me um, a recipe book actually which was recommended by Heston Blumenthal which was oh, interesting wow. and at the back it was all mathematics oh, and wow. I couldn't believe it that you could put food and maths together that was completely mind-blowing for that me. That is mind-blowing because uh, I hate maths but I love food. So <laughs> but for me that was exciting. Yeah yeah, yeah. and so I'm plowing through all this maths and I'm saying to my husband this is so cool I think I really want to do more of this. Wow. I can't understand how this could all be possible. So um, 
uh, started looking online and there were some online classes with Italy. Um, uh, that was uh, a company, a group called Carpagiani Gelato University. Um, I did a couple of online classes, which was very early. This was 2011, well before we, you know, we do so much online now. This was yeah, quite yeah, early and yeah. innovative. And I kept saying to my husband, you know, I think I want to do more of this. This is so interesting to me. And I'm starting to play with recipes. I'm making lots of mistakes and I have no idea what I'm doing. And so then um, it I'm on the mailing like a bit list. Of a ho- like a bit of a hobby. It was a hobby. And uh, I actually finished at Telstra in 2011. I took a voluntary redundancy, which was nice to have a new change. Yeah. And started doing a bit more of it. Um, uh, I ended up um, moving at the next step was uh, to co-found a not-for-profit in medical research as a friend approached me and he said, you know, your science and your law degree are perfect for this because you'll understand the science. And so that was a, a six-year journey, um, setting up a not-for-profit called AussieMed, Australia-Israel Medical Research. Yeah. And I loved doing that, but I really did burn out as you do in a not-for-profit, similar to being an entrepreneur because There's you so want to do so much and you don't have very much money and you're always trying to do more than you can afford. So very challenging but um, I left the organisation in a good state um, when when I literally was burning out and my husband said you know this is enough, enough you've done yeah. six years the organisation was self-funding we had a handful of very major committed donors who could keep the place ticking over Amazing. Um, so it's still running and very that's successfully um, congratulations uh, so that's thank amazing. you yeah no so that was a really nice um, achievement yeah um, and so then I said to my husband you know I think I'm ready for ice cream uh, because in the meantime I was on the mailing list for Carpagiani. They invited me to some really interesting classes in Italy. And it worked out that there was a trip we were doing in 2016. 2016. We were doing a trip, or 2016, we were doing a trip to Europe. And it just worked out that if we left a few days earlier, I could catch this class in Bologna. Well, there was three classes actually in Bologna. And um, my husband could look around Bologna. And so there wasn't a hard sell. Yeah, yeah. So I went and did these three <laughs> classes. And I actually had to talk my way into the class because um, I hadn't done any proper um, certified training. And this was uh, for people who were already um, making ice cream and gelato in their own um, premises. So because of my science degree, they said, all right, we'll let you in, but don't disrupt the class. And it turns <laughs> like out a I knew, student. Yeah, that's right. It turns out I knew a lot more than most of the people in the class, which was quite no amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was incredible. And then I said to my husband, you know, this was while I was still at AussieMed. And I said, you know, this is getting really exciting and interesting for me. Uh, so did, then, Can I just ask you, what, yeah. was, what was so exciting and interesting for you? Like what did you find fascinating and exciting that you just couldn't – you wanted to explore more and more? Um, well, I love chemistry and, and, and getting under the hood, understanding how things work together. And I happen to be quite good at chemistry. That's why I loved it at school. And it was just the idea of being able to mix all these multiple things together with multiple processes to end up with an incredibly t- incredible tasting product. And all the science and experimentation that's got to that point just really excited me mm. to find mm. out ri- literally how do you get under this hood and make it work. Yeah, yeah, and also yeah. when you're making recipes and they're not working, I always wanted to know why they weren't working. Without yeah. not understanding all the fundamentals, there's no way you're ever going to work out what's going wrong. Yeah. So yeah. it was for me, it was always about why, why, why isn't this working? Because um, mm. it shouldn't be this hard. And, you know, I want to work it out. Mm-hmm. So that was that was the drive, basically. And because um, I was already getting a sense that there was a lot of maths involved, that sort of really pricked my interest because I'm good at maths. When you say maths involved, yes. how so? How is maths? Sure. So it's a few different ways. Some of it's physics. So, for example, um, the actual freezing point, the actual temperature that the ice cream goes cold, that's all physics. That's, okay. that's equations, basically. Yep. It's hard 
relationships between chemicals and between product in the ice cream. That's all measurable and it all turns down to, comes down to mathematical formulas. That's wow. the first side. And the same with um, softness. Ice cream softness is, again, uh, a mathematical formula. Uh, again, because someone worked that all out, there's physics involved in how these particles relate to each other. And then on top of that, the way in which you mix solids and water that's a fixed proportion. You need about 60% water to 35 to 40% solids to get um, the right combination of wet and dry, so to speak, because um, ice cream obviously is not just liquid and runny. No, no, it's no. got particles in it. So there's yeah. a, a, a preferred balance. So that's, again, a proportional representation which you put into a spreadsheet. And then on top of that, all of the elements of ice cream, your sugars, your fats, your proteins um, and other solids, minerals, they all have fixed relationships, which if you get those relationships right mathematically, you get a perfect recipe on paper every single time. And I've experimented, I must have done hundreds of recipes now and not once has my spreadsheet failed me. So every wow. recipe that I do on paper works perfectly when I actually go then and make it. And it's like a little experiment for me every single time. You know, is it going to work this time? Is it going to succeed? Am I going to fail? And if I fail, then why did I fail? And there's lots of reasons why recipes don't necessarily work exactly the way you want because if you're doing something new and you don't really ha know how things interact. Or you're um, using a new ingredient. New ingredient, exactly, exactly, exactly. you don't know how it's going to react with the other ingredients Absolutely. in there as well. might change the texture. And, and it also meant I needed to learn more. So yeah, I started yeah. playing with alcohol. Alcohol is very very, very softening in ice cream because, for example, if you put vodka in the freezer, it doesn't freeze. No. Um, and why is that? Because the alcohol gets in between the water molecules and prevents them from forming a hard structure. And so it basically that's why it's liquid at, um, at you know, very, very cold temperatures. It's like licorice, but it's thick. Oh no! Actually, vodka isn't thick at all. It's What's just it's, it's that's, runny. That's that's thick that we put in the freeze in the freezer. Is it ouzo? I think it's ouzo. Okay, I don't, it depends how much percentage alcohol oh, is in there. Oh, grappa, grappa. Okay, sorry. interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what the percentage of alcohol is, but that impacts the um, how liquid it's going to be in the freezer. So I started playing with alcohol. It was a mess. It was mushy, and I'm thinking. Oh, why don't I understand this? This is ridiculous. So just every time I had a failure, it drove me to want to learn more about what's going on. Why isn't this working? Um, and so, it, it, you know, it's like anything, your failures kind of drive you to the next stage yeah. because I want to know why, why is this stuffed up? Because, you know, you put your heart and soul into a recipe, you make it, and then it's this mushy mess that's not freezing in the freezer. Or the other way around, it's a block-hard thing that you can't get your spoon into. <laughs> that's me. Uh, yeah. I attempted to make ice cream once. Yeah. And it, it was like that that plant vase, and I went, yeah, that's going in the bin now. <laughs> so in my but case... But now listening to you, I'm like, oh, okay, now I know what I yeah, did wrong. So in my case, it's, so why has that happened? I need to know why. I yeah. put all my heart and soul into this and it's not working. Because um, I'm very much always about why, always. Yeah, yeah. One of those little kids that was always, why, mummy, why, mummy? Yeah, That's yeah. me. <laughs> um, so, um, so then if you know all those relationships, they all um, go beautifully onto a spreadsheet, all formulas, all proportionally correct. Then you write the recipe up on a piece of paper, you test it and it works perfectly. And not only that, the part that really blew me away is you can take – one cup of ice cream, 250 grams, and you can add zeros to that recipe. So two and a half thousand kilograms, 2.5 tonnes, the recipe still works perfectly. It does not change. It scales wow. immaculately. The wow. only issues I've had to learn now that I'm manufacturing is that the equipment in the factory has material um, movement limitations. So, you know, 
I'm dealing with small quantities in my kitchen. That's where I do all my development at home in my kitchen. Um, but in the factory, you've got to move you know, literally tons of liquid from one place to another. And those have physical limits, literally, because your pumps have limits, your pipes have limits. And so I've had to learn what those limits are. The recipe will still work perfectly, no matter what the volume. adapt it to the limits. Yeah, there are physical limits to moving product around the factory. So, for example, we've got a new flavour coming out, which is Fig Ripple. Oof. And that's delicious. And I've actually just, audience, I've just left them some samples. Um, It also won a gold medal at the Sydney Royal Competition a couple of months ago. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Very, very exciting. Is that your second gold? Because I've got uh, the one in 2022. Uh, Yes. So we got one in um, for coffee in Queensland and this is our second gold medal and we're hoping to get some more this year as well. Fantastic. Um, Because you basically can roll it out to multiple competitions, which is what we're doing. Um, So there, there was a physical limit because we use dried figs in the recipe and figs are dried figs that are really dense with seeds mm-hmm. and um, ripple machines which is what this is it's a ripple um, have again physical limits as to how many seeds it can cope with and so we've had to modify the recipe slightly to deal with the fact that the seeds were clogging up the ripple machine which is uh-huh. highly predictable and in the factory they said well let's see how we go we've had a, quite a few goes to get it right um, and changing the recipe to make it work on the limits of the equipment whereas at home I would just tip it straight in mix it around by hand perfect ripple but in the factory that can't happen because you're using a machine to do it for you and there are physical limits wow so these are all the things i've had to learn uh but i the my manufacturer is amazing and they teaching me every step of the way it's fantastic so you start so you went to italy yes so you did the the class in italy yes and you'd came out actually before that i actually ended up training in australia first because um as i'm learning uh william anglis you know the catering school in melbourne they run um gelato classes, um, a, a beginner and intermediate class, which is affiliated with Capigiani Gelato University. So they actually trained someone over there, sent them, actually she was an Australian girl who went there and trained yep. and came back and now she's teaching these classes. Yep. So it's a beginner and intermediate. So I did both of those classes. And in the intermediate class, it was basically 50% maths. That was the whole class. Wow. And of course, I was completely even more excited because I was getting literally under the hood and understanding all of these proportions and how to do a spreadsheet and um, so that's when I thought, wow, I've found the right place. <laughs> but the other thing that I also learned there, which was interesting, is that I didn't think in gelato they use chemicals at all. I yeah. just assumed it was fresh and delicious. And I learned two things that really surprised me. First, um, they do use chemicals in ice cream. And in fact, these classes, they basically gave you a pack of chemicals and said, oh, just wow. use this pack. And then Did you know what was in there? Yeah, yeah they had obviously told yeah. us what was in there. But it really shocked me because I just had no idea that. What were the chemicals used for? Oh, basically they're um, emulsifiers and stabilizers. Yeah. And stabilizers are not really chemicals that because I use similar ones. Um, They're literally ground seeds that have a thickening effect. So stabilizer equals thickening. It's a bit like using corn flour. Yeah, yeah. Or chia um, seeds. Some people I know use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's was a thickener, and those are very basic. They're not what I call chemicals, but there's a very, very cost-effective and uh, also a very effective emulsifier called mono and diglyceride, which is found in nature, but they can't extract it cost effectively, so they make it synthetically. Uh-huh. And that really um, shocked me. And wow. in particular, uh, what was more um, intriguing was uh, I went to then uh, do an advanced gelato class in Italy, again back at Bologna. Yeah. And um, 
We did one day where we did all egg yolk based recipes and the same recipes we did with monodiglyceride as the emulsifier because obviously ice cream is or gelato is fat and water unless you have an emulsifier that blends them together in a beautiful emulsion like you do with a mayonnaise, they're going to separate and be horrible. Mm-hmm. So you must have an emulsifier, hence the chemistry. Um, Makes sense. Emulsifiers are a really interesting um, uh, product because it has two ends to it, one end that sticks to water and one end that sticks to oil, mm. and that's how you make a beautiful um, emulsion is because it's holding those two bits together. Mm-hmm. Um, so egg yolk has a product in it called lecithin, which does that very, very brilliantly, and that's how in a mayonnaise you get this beautiful, frothy, that t- yeah, mouth, that creamy mouthfeel. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, but then we did this, um, these two different sets of uh, gelatos, egg-based and uh, monodiglyceride-based for emulsifiers, and the flavour in the egg base was so outstanding. I just – then and there, I basically said to the class, my classmates, you know what, I'm never, ever going to use monodiglyceride. It's a chemical. It's horrible, even if it's found in nature. I'm going to only use egg yolk because the flavour is so exceptional. Because we had literally back-to-back. You could taste each one. And particularly in the nut-based ones, you know, obviously Italians are nuts about their yeah, um, yeah, pistachio yeah. and the hazelnut. Pistachio is f- my favourite gelato. Yeah, mine too, yeah. mine too. The flavour was so out of this world. So I thought, right, I'm not going to use chemicals because I've got this beautiful um, natural alternative which where the flavour is out of this world. So I committed to basically doing egg yolk for uh, anything that was dairy-based. Egg yolk, not egg white. Just the no, egg no, yolk. No, no, the egg yolk. Why the egg, why yolk, the egg yolk and not the egg white or you the whole can, egg? You can. There are recipes that say you can use whole egg. Yeah. Um, you don't use egg white, um, uh, first of all, because um, unless you're going to cook it. So if you cook it, that's okay. Um, but basically... Um, raw egg, if you use any kind of raw egg white, um, unless it's going to be um, – I mean, I know they use it in mousse. But basically, there's an issue – there's a risk with um, bacteria when you use raw product. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, So you can use the egg white and you can um, – we pasteurise it, we cook the product beforehand so it's, you know, it's completely bacteria-free. Mm. Um, but it's you just get a much more effective um, – uh, emulsification with the egg yolk because that's really what you're looking for. Um, it's also a cost thing. So if you use egg yolk instead of whole egg, um, obviously using less of the egg, so the cost of the total egg is less. Yeah, yeah. Um, plus yeah. egg yolk, egg white's quite um, liquidy, so that impacts your liquids. Um, so it just it's just a lot simpler and more cost effective to just use egg yolk because that's really all you're looking for is the emulsification properties, and Makes the egg sense. white doesn't really need that. So um, you're always only trying to include what you actually need and the egg white is essentially superfluous you don't need it so that's why you don't use it wow fascinating yeah there's a lot then you went to canada and you did yeah so then i um was back in australia and i'm basically trying to work out with my husband where we're going with this um by now i have left aussie med and i'm full i'm all in you're all into the ice cream journey absolutely and we had (laughs) some um, initial advisors who um were on the journey with us and they were ice cream people um, and we really didn't know what we were doing. We just kind of literally saying, where is this going to go? Um, we were talking about maybe doing something at scale and I knew already at that stage if we did something that was scalable rather than um, a scoop shop, for example, yeah. um, I needed to do ice cream because ice cream scales really well. Um, the equipment you use is all um, – you can do gelato at scale but it's a little bit harder um, – uh, but more importantly, I then thought, right, if I'm going to do ice cream, I need to know about it. So I bought the textbook by um, the world's um, leading academic, Professor Doug Goff. And anyway, so I started reading the textbook and I had questions and I wrote to him and said, look, 
you know, I'm on my journey, you know, I've got these questions. And he said, come to my masterclass, which was December 2019 in Canada in the middle of winter. And who is he? He's Professor Doug Goff. He's one of the world's leading academics on ice cream. On so, ice cream. Yes. This is how. This is what blows my mind because as a consumer mm. that just goes to the local gelati shop and picks her flavours and takes it home or goes to the supermarket and buys it, you don't really think about all, what goes into mm. creating a superb ice cream. We know what we don't like, sure. right? But um, we, you know, when we do get a nice ice cream and that whole texture and the flavours mm. and all the rest of it and it hits the spot, you're like, oh, wow. And then you to try and look for it again, right? Mm. I had no idea and my, I'm blown away mm. about uh, on how much actually goes into these dedicated schools and professors absolutely. that actually there's an art to this, a science oh, art absolutely. behind it. Well, you're really combining so many things together and they all have to work beautifully. So you've got sugars, you've got flavours, you've got fats, you've got proteins, you've got water and you're trying to create this beautiful emulsion essentially that has the right balance in terms of taste um, and it freezes properly and it churns properly. So there are many, many variables that you're juggling to get this perfect optimum taste. And it has to melt on the tongue properly Absolutely. Too. <laughs> no, well, that whole mouthfeel thing is a whole other area. Well, it's such a sensory – I mean, food is sensory, totally. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, And I feel like ice cream – it's not something that you can smell right away. You no, actually, there's no smell. There's because no it, smell. Because it's, it's cold. So, it's co- so the, the whole sense is in your mouth, mm. right? So if it doesn't taste right straight away, you're going to know. There's another reason why people love ice cream, and that is the proportion – and gelato is similar uh, – the proportions of fat and sugar are very similar to breast milk because breast milk is sweet. Ah. Um, and so – People, it's, you know, that's why people find ice cream and custard very nurturing because you immediately get that connection which you don't necessarily know consciously. You no. subconsciously have that complete connection. Anything between you and me with fat and sugar gives you that connection to breast milk. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons why people are really obsessed with ice cream. That or makes, gelato. That makes yeah, so sense. it's very nurturing. And that's why, you know, it's a real a true comfort food in it that is. respect. Well, we all go to, oh, well, I don't know about all of us, but I, yeah, ice cream is definitely my comfort food. Yeah. I mean, I, yep. like I was saying to you earlier, mm. I had. I had um, I had some dental work done on on Monday, and my immediate thing was, I need ice cream. Because it's the yeah, only good. thing I can. <laughs> I can eat right now that's going to make me feel good and enjoy Great. you know yep. so you're, you're 100% right so okay so so Professor uh, Goff, Goff. Goff um, so he you go yeah so then I go to his master class which is December 2019 just before COVID wow and I'm sitting in his class and I'm saying, thinking this is the best thing I've ever done you would have because been the, other, the other point about ice cream I'm reading the textbook and I'm thinking hold on a second I didn't realise ice cream had significantly less sugar than gelato and it suddenly dawned on me they're complete opposites so gelato is high sugar lower fat Mm. and ice cream is the opposite much less sugar much higher fat and I we all know that sugar really is the enemy it's Mm. not fats fats aren't bad for you anymore Mm. you know I know that the the, the, the jury is moving all the time but nevertheless no I agree with you uh, I feel like I feel um fats I I don't eat a lot of fat but the but good fats are actually very good absolutely um and you get quite a lot of good fats in ice cream there is a bit of saturated fat but uh, in, in in our recipes we actually um minimise the saturated fat levels by mm-hmm. being very selective in our ingredient selection. Um, so um, 
I suddenly thought, you know what, I've learnt all the wrong stuff because I don't want to make gelato. I don't want to do a higher sugar product. I want to do a less sugar product. And ice cream tastes delicious, but it has, depending on the formulation, it has you know, 30 or 40% less sugar. Because that, on is, that is one of your point of differences yep. in your in your product is the, the, the sugar content is far less than... Well, that's, that's another thing I'm going to move on to now. But just if you just compare gelato and ice cream back to back together, they... Um, the, the, if you have a look even at the ingredient panels, well, actually for gelato you can't because you get it at a scoop shop, mm. but there is... Um, uh, I think Gelatissima published their actual um, yeah, they nutritional do. breakdown. Yeah, so yeah, if you yeah. just compare... The gelato has sits in around on average 22, 23, up to 28% sugar for sorbet. So uh, gelato is around 22, 23% sugar. Sorbet is around 28 to 32% sugar. Ice cream in comparison, um, you only need 16% sugar to get a beautiful ice cream. Now, a lot of them have a lot more sugar than that because sugar is really cheap in Australia. Uh, actually around the world, a pretty cheap product. And you need a certain amount of solids in ice cream to give it um, the right you know, mouthfeel and texture. Texture, and exactly. And they tend to use sugar more than anything else because it's the cheapest ingredient. And so uh-huh. they load up on sugar when they don't really need to. So you can get 16% sugar and have a beautiful ice cream. We actually have 16.8% in ours, but we also do something different with our sugars, which we will move on to. Um, uh, and so I just thought, you know what? I've backed the wrong horse. I don't really want to do gelato. That's gone. I'm now thinking I want a scalable product and I want to make ice cream because I don't want to push extra sugars out there into the market. That just does not sit well with me at all. Mm. And, you know, I'm sitting in Canada. I'm making these amazing recipes and they taste fantastic. So I'm not compromising by pursuing an ice cream direction rather Mm. than a gelato direction. And I have the other advantage of being able to scale it very easily because the equipment for ice cream it's a little bit different to gelato, um, but it requires much bigger equipment because the main difference, one of the, one of the many, there's lots of differences, but another difference is that there's a lot more air in ice cream than in gelato. Gelato is a very dense product mm. and that's because with less fat, you can't actually get the emulsion like you do with a whipped cream. Um, yes in gelato that allows you to get extra air into it. So in addition to being having more sugar, it's also quite dense. You're actually eating more per mm. scoop, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's not to say gelato isn't amazing. It's a beautiful product. But, mm. you know, I've got my own objectives here, which is to reduce sugar and still make it taste incredibly delicious. So I went to the masterclass and I said to my husband, gelato is gone. We're not doing that anymore. But all my training is very useful. Of course. Particularly because gelato flavours are incredible. So that's that right. flavour knowledge, um, doing infusions and what works and combinations, that was all extremely useful and valuable for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and infusions are still my favourite flavours to do. Uh, so our coffee, for example, we make our own cold brew, which is essentially a coffee infusion. Uh, the vanilla is also done as an infusion with vanilla bean infused in the tank overnight night and the flavor is just another world different when you use infusions so all of that was great background um uh, it also raised the bar for me in terms of what's possible with flavor because in ice cream there's quite limited in what people are doing partly cost partly because um uh 
if you have a lot of air, there's a limits to what you can do. Anyway, there's a lot of very reasons why the flavours are a bit limited in ice cream. Um, but the gelato background was a superb background for me in order to take that what I learned into ice cream. So then I, I'm sitting in the class, December 2019, sub-zero temperatures. Um, and we started in Canada. Was uh, it? it was in a it's an hour, 90 minute drive out of Toronto, a okay. place called Guelph, um, uh, which is basically a university town. Essentially, it's quite small, um, but it does have a very very world leading um, dairy um, uh, degree there, uh, including a massive pilot plant for doing manufacturing. So we were actually. Wow. seeing things being manufactured, not massive scale, but pilot plant scale. And we were hands-on and we were seeing how it worked and all the different variations. And we made, uh, they made lots of different um, products which had, you know, um, less sugar, more sugar, more stabiliser, less stabilizer. And so we could see how those variations rolled out when you actually manufacture product. It was sensational. Amazing. Um, so hugely important. And I'm sitting there in class and they start talking about lactose-free ice cream and I'm going, okay, what's that? Lactose-free is big. It's really big now more well, than I ever. Well, I think people um, – well, uh, 45% of the world's population are lactose intolerant, particularly in Asia. It's a, it's a genetic thing. You either okay. have the gene that makes the lactase enzyme in your stomach um, and your gut – or you don't have the gene. If you don't have the gene, you're lactose intolerant. And uh, okay. actually, interestingly, um, uh, from an evolutionary perspective, the mutation that created this um, lactase um, gene in your gut started in Europe. Um, so, you know, in um, caveman days, they didn't eat or drink milk. No. Um, and they couldn't because they didn't have the... Um, the, the ability to have that enzyme in their gut, then there was somehow a mutation arrived and all of a sudden people can start to eat milk and, and, cheese, and, and cheese. And it starts with goat milk, actually. It's the origins of dairy is actually goat milk. Isn't that Which is also low in lactose as it happens. Yeah. And then, so that gene doesn't necessarily filter through Asia that well because it all starts in Europe. Ah. And so that's how you end up with a lot of people in Asia who are lactose intolerant. Wow. And anyone, I mean, it's a genetic thing. So yeah, lots yeah, of families yeah, yeah. have that as well. But nevertheless... 45% of the world is lactose intolerant. So we're that's learning a huge number. It is. 45%, it is. that's well, almost half the world. Of varying degrees, of yeah, varying yeah, degrees. Yeah, yeah. Um, some, you know, very sensitive, others less sensitive. Yeah, yeah. So he's talking about all of this. Um, he's a very passionate dairy guy and he wants everyone to eat dairy, including <laughs> if you're lactose intolerant. And, um, <laughs> I don't care, just drink it. You just have it. to have dairy. Um, and I'm going to digress. Later. I'm going to digress slightly and just explain why he was so passionate. Yeah. Because... Uh, and this is slightly controversial, which I'm sure your, 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 oh, look, your, your audience would appreciate. <laughs> yeah. um, so um, calcium um, is actually quite hard to absorb in the body and milk and, and cheese and any form of dairy has extremely highly, av highly available calcium for digestion. In fact, it's the most um, bioavailable calcium of any food that's available. So if you're interested in having good bones and for children and for young women and to avoid osteoporosis in later years, you need to really load up on your dairy um, because they still don't know whether fortifying plant-based products with calcium is going to do the job. It's still mm -hmm. too early to tell. And they're already seeing in the US uh, women in their 30s getting early onset osteoporosis because they just didn't have dairy as kids. Now that's probably socioeconomic uh, and maybe they were lactose, lactose intolerant and they just didn't get the right dairy. But it's becoming a huge issue in the US and you know ultimately potentially here as well. So my, the controversial part is... Uh, you know, young girls and, and children who are getting plant-based um, 
dairy or sorry, plant-based equivalent um, milks. Um, and if they're not getting enough milk from cheese and you know, let's say ice cream, mm. um, then they're compromising their ability to absorb calcium and have strong, healthy bones. And you need to do that in those early stages of life. That's so, interesting. So the jury is out. Now, it's possible, you know, in five or ten years, we'll know that there are certain calcium um, uh, ways of adding um, to plant-based milks that will be as bioavailable. But at the moment, we don't know. That's the point. And so until we know, my my position is... Give your kids Give and your kids young milk women people. Yeah. Um, milk products um, so they get that full bioavailability of calcium and it really encourages healthy bone development. I, I'm with you on that. I'm all about, I don't think, I don't think no child should be on a plant-based diet unless they have to be because of, you know, for, yes, you of know course. Uh, obviously health issues or what have yes. you. But I think if your child's relatively healthy and there are no um, nutritional th- things that you need to watch mm. out for. Um, and now we do have, um, you know, uh, milk that is good for people with, uh, that are lactose intolerant and, yes. and stuff like that. And the A2, I think the A2 milk is, that's the one that we buy at home, has got, um, doesn't have that enzyme or that protein in it. Um, I'm all for giving children and women, women mm. um, have a glass of milk yes. or, you know. Any, any uh, form ha- of dairy. Any, or, or have that ice cream or have ice that yogurt. Cheese, yogurt cheese. Exactly, all of those. I'm all for it. And I think um, there is a place for supplementation. Mm. Uh, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't supplement by all means. If, if, you, if that's what you want to do, do it. But I think there's no better form of getting that whole nutrition and that bioavailable nutrition from whole foods. Yes, absolutely. Like dairy. Yep. I think we've kind of moved away from that a little bit in the last, you know, 20 years. You know, we're kind of seeing all these new new age diets and what have you. But I think our um, ancestors and um, mm. and I have a European background and I know you do mm, as well. Absolutely. You know, they, um, they ate fresh and yep. they ate whole food. Yep. And they didn't oh, eat the a whole, lot. They the didn't eat a lot of it. You know, I mean, my grandma still gets her milk from the guy in the village that comes down and gives her the fresh milk from the cow and she pasteurises it on the stove, Mm. you know, and she'll use, um, you know, animal fat on Mm. her bread and and what have you. So they're all good fats Mm. and and it's not only the calcium, it's, I think milk has got a lot of potassium, magnesium. A friend of mine that's that's an athlete um, uses, uh, has a a big glass of chocolate milk after a big training day because it's great recovery. Mm. So um, I don't think people should show away from it i think uh knowledge is power and you're right that the evidence and the and i've read some of the studies they're inconclusive in yep. terms of um fortifying with fortifying calcium. with calcium yep. you know yep. um and and we can say that about a lot of things as well mm. i recently had a, an iron injection because mm-hmm. i'm always low in iron mm. um and i and I'm not a big meat eater because I'm just not. Sure. But I tell you what, after having that iron injection, feel yeah, good. I feel I feel good. But I tell you what, Roz, in all honesty, give me a steak over the iron injection <laughs> any day. Great. Any day. Well, you're getting a lot more than just iron, obviously, with steak. Right. So, and, and you're getting any that day. And, and do you know what? I went, nah, I don't want to put this. Is this, mm. you know, oh, I so know, th- like, I actually went, nah, I don't want to do this again. Okay, I've done it now because I've had no choice. I had to. Mm. But, you know, if I have to force feed myself a, a piece of steak once a week i'd much rather do that than um right then then have an injection you know that has all sorts of other impacts on Great. you as well no, i'm with you I'm, I'm a big meat eater meat eater as well yeah so get your calcium in peeps yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, but the relevance of this was um 
because my professor was so big on dairy, he wants everyone to eat dairy, including if you are lactose intolerant. And he sat there explaining what that means and what does that mean to ice cream. And that was when a light bulb went off because he explained, I'll just do a little bit of chemistry on lactose. Oh, please go for it. So it's very simple. Lactose is two sugars joined together, glucose and galactose in Mm -hmm. one long molecule. And it's interesting, it doesn't taste sweet in your mouth because the taste buds can't really respond to that very long molecule. Mm -hmm. When you make it lactose free, what you're doing in our case, um, and every lactose free product is you take the enzyme that's in your gut already, Mm -hmm. natural clearing enzyme, lactase, and what that does is it breaks the lactose into its two parts, glucose and galactose. So they're now free-flowing separate sugars. That's all you've done. You've chopped them in half, literally, because they're very similar size molecules. And then when they're half... Oh, sorry, when they're separate molecules but they're, you know, half the length, first of all, your taste buds can react to them more because they're tinier molecules, but also they turn out to be, when they're together but separated, uh, three times sweeter than when they're together. And I sat in the class and I just thought, does that mean if I make my product lactose-free, I can add less sugar? So I'm putting my hand up and I'm saying, so if we do this in the tank with the enzyme, can I add less sugar? And he sort of goes like, duh. Yeah, of course you can add less sugar because you've now got three times the sweetness out of these ingredients than you had when they were whole lactose molecules. Wow, that's fascinating. So So together, they they can't taste the sugar? No, well, they're very uh, low in um, sweetness. Low in sweetness, Um, but pull them apart by introducing this enzyme. They become three times sweeter. They become three times sweeter. How fantastic. And I've done nothing. I've done nothing except break them into their bits. And so... Because I was looking for a product to make that had less sugar, but I didn't want to use sweeteners. And there's a whole lot of issues around sweeteners, which we'll probably move on to. Mm. Um, but I, I was adamant I would never use sweeteners because in addition to the fact there's well, – we'll go on to what the issues are – they also really make bad textured ice cream. So, you, you know, I, it's all about mouthfeel as well as taste. So I just did not want to compromise and go down that road. And you'll find some of these – ice creams with sweeteners do not have the same texture as ice cream and that's because sweeteners do not have the same ability to create texture that sugars do. I'm screwing do. my mouth at the moment because I just hate the taste of sweeteners. I'd rather, yeah, I just, well, I yeah, don't. And there's and aftertaste as well, yeah. all of those things. No. So just very, very compromised and I don't compromise mm. on flavour, texture, none of those things you'll find with Elato. It's always going to be the best of the best. Um, and so I took him aside after the class and I said, I really want to do this. Um, You know, who's doing it? How do you do it? And then uh, he said, look, it's not been done much because it's a bit more expensive. And I thought, hell hell with that. I've got to find a way to do this. And then because everything's done on a spreadsheet, I started started doing the numbers. And I actually worked with him on a recipe on paper. And I said, look, if I do this and this and this, will it work? And he said, yeah, it'll work. Um, Absolutely, it'll work. Because what's what's interesting about making it lactose-free, I think I mentioned before that you have to have about 35 to 40% solids in total. So what happens if you use less sugar, you now have less solids. That's right. So what are you going to do? Because you have to have a certain amount to give you good mouthfeel and texture. texture. You're missing something. So what we do, which is what I have the patent for, I have a granted patent for this, is we use a soluble fibre called inulin. Inulin, yes. Uh, which inulin, is um, yeah. you know, very um, neutral on your gut. And it, but it's it actually is, good for your gut. It's actually a pre-diabetic, pre, prebiotic, yeah. which actually feeds the good bacteria in your gut. Um, uh, I mean, if you overeat it, which you can't with ice cream, but if you overdo it, you can 
get you know a bit of diarrhea from it, but we don't use that much. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. even if you ever eat a whole tub, you don't get that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so um, you know, so that's so as, as well as helping me with texture. So then, when you use inulin, you get a beautiful textured product. You get the right amount of solids. It has um, the other benefit. Obviously, it's pre prebiotic, so it's helping your gut. But in addition to all that, I started to get into the Health Star rating system. It's a weird system that's developed by um, cereal manufacturers. So it's all about cereals. Oh. Um, <laughs> and, but it still works. They still use it for every other food. Um, and you can use it for ice cream. And I started playing – it's also a spreadsheet, interestingly. And I started playing with those numbers. And I realised that if I um, added a bit of extra protein um, – kept the saturated fats at a sort of lower level and obviously now adding this fibre, I could get a three-star health-rated ice cream mm. and not compromise on anything. And I just said to my husband, I think I've worked it out. I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, I had my recipe, which I'd had signed off in Canada. And so I came back to Australia. We, we travelled a bit afterwards, came back and just before COVID, I'm saying to my husband, right, we're going to do ice cream. I've got the recipe. I'm playing with it. It's working at home. I'm, you know, I'm on a roll here. And then COVID hits. <gasps> oh. But that did not stop me. Um, oh, my God. This is getting more and more interesting. Thank you. <laughs> I'm loving your ice cream journey. I'm thank there you. with you. You're going to turn me into an ice cream snob now. You, know, oh, you do know that. Well, now, this is this is like so much information. Like, right. I will be now able to go, no, hang on, this is not. This has got the wrong not for stuff, me. <laughs> stuff right. in it. Well, no, it's all about education as well. Ed, uh, the brand uh, is very much about educating people on um, how to eat healthier. Um, and if, you know, with and enjoy ice cream, food. Yeah, enjoy yeah. life. Enjoy, yeah. in, you know, you, who, can't, who said you can't have your cake and eat it? Absolutely. Look. Let's be fair. Ice cream is what they call at school a sometimes food. It's not an everyday food. But, you know, if you eat it in moderation, there's definitely a place for it, particularly yeah. if you're um, smart about your choice of ice cream. And in yeah. our case, obviously, we're, we're promoting, you know, less sugar, added fibre, added protein, less saturated fats. It's a really beautifully balanced product. And when you eat it, you would never know you're eating something that's better for you. That's our position in the market is you combine the best of flavour and texture as well as all these things that are better for you and it still tastes amazing. Yeah, it does. Well, I've, I've tasted what right. the boys have brought home and, and they love it and I love it. Um, but I honestly didn't know how much had gone. I'm so grateful that you've shared how the, how this journey um, has transpired and how you got to where you got to. Like so much, the, the process is 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 amazing and, and so intricate too. Like yeah. who would have thought? Absolutely. You know? 